0: Welcome to Bedtime Stories for Woke Children, a storytelling podcast to help you discuss difficult social, cultural, and political topics with your kids. Here's
1: the story I am a Muslim. Hi, my name is Khadija. I'm nine years old and in fourth grade, and my favorite animals are mermaids. I wear the hijab, which is a headscarf. I like to swim, and I'm learning to surf. And I am a Muslim. Salam, my name is Ben. I play the guitar and pray every day. And on the weekends I sing at the cabaret. I'm from California, born and raised, and my favorite day of the week is Monday. And I am a Muslim. Hey there, my name is AJ, and my preferred
0: pronouns are them, there, and they. I'm from Egypt, and my first language is Arabic, and I really like to collect lipstick. And I am a Muslim.
1: Hola, my name is Maria. I am a ninth grade math teacher. On the side, I'm also a beekeeper. Today, I am fasting for the month of Ramadan, and my favorite shapes are octagons, and I am a Muslim. Hey there, darling,
0: I'm Joanna, and I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. I love collecting crystals and gems, and on Saturdays, I like to hang out with my girlfriend. Every day, I read the Quran, and I love a good southern pecan, and I am a Muslim. Hello, salam! my name is Ayan. Today, I turn 81. My wife, Ruth, is 82, and we have six grandkids, too. I like to teach them about my faith and how it guides me every day. We've talked about kindness and patience and love and how those apply to everyone. Although we're all of different faiths, we
1: all love each other anyways. I am proud to be a Muslim. Come on, everyone. It's Friday. Let's all go to the masjid and pray. After Jummah, we'll all have lunch and talk and joke and laugh a bunch. United under our shared faith, we are all proud to be Muslim. Want to hear more
0: about how we wrote the story? Stay tuned. So, (laughs) Sama,
1: tell us about why you wrote this story. So I wrote, I am a Muslim because I am a Muslim and i wanted to write some kind of story tackling the topic of islamophobia but we talked a lot about in our first podcast how presenting topics to children in a negative way where it's like a kind of like teaching moment Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily the best way to present a topic because then they kind of identify that there's something wrong with the some, the way someone's behaving so for example I was debating multiple ways to write a story about Islamophobia. And my first thought was, I'll write a story about a girl who wears the hijab who gets bullied. But Mm -hmm. then I didn't want it to turn into like a terrorism story Mm because I don't want to plant the idea in kids' heads that like Islam equals terrorism. Yeah. Um, Especially if kids who are listening to this podcast don't already think that. Because I think that any kid who listens to this podcast is already some level of woke. Hopefully. Hopefully. Because their parents are, Uh because they're interested and they found it, um, or for any number of reasons, and so I don't want to plant something in their head that might not have already been there because of the way that they grew up. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that was my thought in writing the story. Um, I did a lot of research to try and kind of figure out what I wanted to write, Mm -hmm. because this kind of came, it was very difficult for me (laughs) to figure out what I wanted to write about, so I went through a lot of, like, articles about um teaching kids how to tackle islamophobia a lot of them included discussing stereotypes really explicitly yeah and the direct inspiration for this story was a game i think it was through teaching tolerance and it was like in an islamophobia exercise like a classroom lesson Mm -hmm. And it's called Guess Who's Muslim Game. Oh, fun! (laughs) So you, like, look at different photos of people and you decide who's Muslim and who's not.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, what I really liked about your story is that each person, there was just so many different facets to them. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, the one from Huntsville, Alabama. She was Southern. She was not straight. She liked metaphysical things she was into crystals like she also was muslim and so like there's just so many different facets to them mm-hmm. um that helps to humanize a person who you know somebody who's not muslim looking at a muslim person an individual might try to stereotype them but that humanizes them and helps people ever anyone can find something that resonates with them and one of the people in the story yeah. regardless of like where you come from or who you are
1: yeah yeah and that, to me, is, is part of, like, debunking a lot of Islamophobic thoughts and tendencies.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: kind of anything that's rooted in racism, I think, as um, is Islamophobia is often debated to be. Um, I think it is. A lot of yeah. really well-educated, much more educated people than I do, <laughs> or than I am, think <laughs> it is. Does that sentence make any sense at all? <laughs> and whenever I talk about Islamophobia... In any form. I always end up saying something along the lines of, like, everyone is human, and I think Mm -hmm. we say that in a lot of ways in a lot of different circumstances, and so, you know, looking at people for people, not just like, I'm a Muslim, and so just look at me for Muslim. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's so much more to me than being a Muslim, and there's no one Muslim, which I think is, like, what this story is trying to say. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, as a person, like, I'm a Muslim, and I grew up um, Muslim, and I grew up praying five times a day and I wore the hijab for many, many years and I don't do either of those things anymore, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't negate the fact that I still identify the way I identify and I find value in patience and love and kindness and Mm -hmm. I find guidance in the little things that Islam has taught me and sayings from the prophets and, um, but also I like theater and I like writing podcasts with my best friend and I like, um, putting on makeup and I like <laughs> watching cartoons like yeah there's so many different things to Muslims and different kinds of Muslims and different kinds of people that's and, awesome yeah.
0: I really love that that's a lovely thought and I I think it's also good to note like I think some people like when they hear like there's this fine line because like right now I'm thinking of like with myself with like sexual identity there's this fine line with like I'm more than my sexual identity yet yeah, that doesn't negate that it's important Mm -hmm. but they're kind of two separate they're, they're definitely related but they're two conversations to be had kind of at different times because whenever you're dealing with such widespread hate and like on a political level so much going against muslims coming into this country and who are already in this country and people who practice islam in america there's so much hate against them that right now I don't, I feel like it's hard to get to, like, somebody who is Islamophobic, if that's the right Mm -hmm. word for it, Um, to get from that to, like, I respect your identity, you have to start with the humanity part, Mm -hmm. and, like, that other part of, like, being proud of the identity and, like, because, like, I'm thinking for myself, like, I'm proud of being queer. It's not all that I am, because I'm I'm human, Mm -hmm. but, like, you have to do that humanizing part first in order to get to that point where you can be proud and loud you know
1: right Um, because like right
0: now we're talking to people who really need to hear this which is the people who
1: have hate in their hearts towards people who are different than them yeah and I think for a long time like I did kind of want to hide it and I wanted to be like like don't look at that part of me first or don't look at it at all yeah um just look at me for who I am and then like way later we can talk about me being Muslim and this kind of last year of of taking off my hijab and not wanting to talk about it and not wanting to, Mm -hmm. like, think about it and wanting everyone to ignore it and then kind of moving towards, like, being a lot more open with my faith and being a lot more open to talking about, like, what it means to be a young young Muslim and what it means to be Muslim in general and, like, um, kind of navigating the loud and proud. I think it's hard for everyone who's marginalized Mm -hmm. to get to that point of, of, wanting to talk about it and be loud and proud about it, but also, like, wanting to be, like, but it's not all of me. There's, like, a dichotomy there. Yeah. For sure.
0: I'm hearing right now, like, that whole rhetoric of, like, I don't see color. Like, everyone's, Mm. doesn't matter the color of your skin. Well, it does. Like, you can say, yes, somebody's skin color doesn't define them, but at the same time, it's a huge part of their identity, and you can't, being colorblind is impossible, and it's also not really healthy. So, like, finding that balance of, seeing people for who they are, being proud of what makes them them, and at the same time acknowledging their humanity
1: mm-hmm. is really important. Yeah. yeah. I think you did a great job in your story with that. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted it to be for kids who are not Muslim, but also for kids who are Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it can get easy to feel like you're not the Muslim you're supposed to be. Yeah. And so... Like for me, for a really long time, I was like, "Oh, I'm not a good Muslim because I don't like praying every day, and it's a chore for me, and I don't want to wear the hijab anymore, and it's a chore for me." Oh, but that means like those are like two really fundamental parts of being a Muslim, so that means I must not be Muslim, mm. or I might not must must not be that Muslim. Um, but then. Like, think of kids who are Muslim and gay thinking that. And um, Muslim and transgender or not conforming to the gender binary. Um, Or even, like, not being Arab or not speaking Arabic or not being able to read Arabic. Or for me, like, it's really common to be an Indian Muslim. I'm an Indian Muslim. But um, for kids who might be white or might not look the way a muslim is supposed to look mm-hmm. um or like didn't grow up muslim and converted or mm-hmm. any of those kind of things so i think like part of it was me wanting to say there's tons of different ways to practice your faith yeah and the core of the religion relies in or lies in peace and love and faith in some kind of singular greater being and faith in the power of kindness and love and peace and taking lessons from the quran and the values that were taught to us through the stories of the prophets and kind of showing like there is a million ways to be muslim there are 72 sects of this religion and no one's ever going to know which one's right Mm -hmm. or if there is a right way to do islam or if there's a right way to do religion or if there's a right way to do humanity (laughs) like (laughs) good point those are all very difficult hard questions that none of us will ever know the answer to and Mm -hmm. so like being like hey it's totally fine to be whoever you want to be and be Mm -hmm. do it whatever way you want to Mm -hmm. and you are a muslim by saying you're a muslim that's
0: beautiful and i yeah you really hit the nail on the head with exposure exposing kids to people who look the same as them who look different from them um things that they can look at relate to and then also tolerance mm-hmm. like one of the the last um sections of your story where the individual noted you know the kindness kindness and patience and love and then also everyone we're of different face but that binds us together that aspect of tolerance that's so it's such an important message for kids to hear mm-hmm. in the society we're growing up in yeah you nailed it thank you thank you Can I ask you some questions? Yes. Tell me about growing up as a Muslim child. Have you worn your hijab your whole life? And what
1: was that like going through school as a Muslim? That's a great question. So I always thought I had the most stereotypical like Muslim experience and coming to college really taught me like oh no like there's a million ways to do this (laughs) um like meeting tons of other Muslims here because there's a pretty significant population of Muslims at Emory Mm -hmm. um and at Oxford where you and I both have attended yes um and so I met kids who were like oh I've never prayed or kids who are like I don't know how to read Arabic and to me those were always like the fundamental things Mm -hmm. um in my family and in my faith, and kids who feel like much more strongly connected to their faith than I do, who never felt compelled compelled to wear the hijab, mm-hmm. um, or people who pray every day, five times a day on time, which is <laughs> tell <to> me <laughs> um, that's like very wild um, in my head because that's very difficult and that's like shows a really cool level of commitment. Mm-hmm. And for me, growing up. It was always, like, one way. Like, people did it one way. Yeah. Um, so I wore a hijab from when I was 11 to when I was 19. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and then that, for me, was a huge part of my adolescent years and growing yeah. up and um, the most formative years of your life. And I always hesitate to talk about any of this stuff because I, I'm always scared of making it seem like I was oppressed by my religion or if I, or that I hate Islam or I think Islam is wrong because I don't believe any of those things. Mm -hmm. I really valued the time that I wore the hijab. I think of it really positively for the most part and I wouldn't take it back Mm. ever because I think it taught me a lot about myself and about separating my self-worth and my self-value from the way that I look, which is super important as a young woman growing up in your teenage years, I think. Um, And so that to me was, like, what Islam was, like, growing up, like, you wore the hijab, you prayed every day, you ate halal, which I still do, and I probably won't ever stop. (laughs) Um, That's, like, the one thing I stick to. And then reading the Quran. And, like, as I grew up, I realized that if those things feel like a chore, then they're not ever going to feel valuable to you. Mm. And so if you're just doing them for the sake of doing them because you're scared of what will happen if you that if you don't, mm-hmm. then it's going to make you unhappy. Versus if you do things because you want to do them because it makes you feel more connected to your faith and the way that you practice your faith, that has value. Mm-hmm. So I think that one day I'll start probably praying again because I think there's a lot of value to taking like, just five times a day for a couple of minutes every day. Take a little bit of time out of your day and do something meditative, mm-hmm. repetitive. There's a beauty to a prayer. Yeah. Um, and also, I once read a quote or something that said, prayer is not structuring your life around religion. It's structuring religion around your life. Hmm. And so... Or something. Maybe I flipped it around, but essentially, <laughs> that was good to me. I'm es- following it. Essentially, it's like you don't stop your life to like do this chore. Mm-hmm. Instead, like this is what you do every day, and your life evolves around it. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that feeling of like here's five times a day. I'm just gonna do something mm-hmm. by myself, alone, meditative, repetitive, mm-hmm. and then I have to do it at this time every day. It's a set deal. I yeah. gotta do it. So. I'll shape my life around that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of value to that. I don't know if that answered your question at it all. It totally did. I really <laughs>
0: hope that more than just our Facebook friends listen to this because I think they have a really <laughs> valuable experience to share. <laughs> Definitely. That was a lot of great information that I hope some young Muslim girls listen to and really mm-hmm. to. Um, my next question would be, have you ever experienced bullying or feeling
1: othered because of your religion? For sure. And this is also something I really wanted to talk about with you, Um, because for my whole adolescence, 11 to 19, um, when somebody saw me, the first thing they saw was, oh, that girl's a Muslim. Mm -hmm. And then you had to break through and figure out all the other nuances about me, so like theater lover, cartoon watcher tortilla chip devourer (laughs) like um that was like how it went and now life is really different um and kind of flipped around so first you see this very normal looking girl and then you find out later she's a Muslim and so there's like like I don't feel othered anymore Mm -hmm. um and so when I was like 9 or 11 to 19 um for a long time when somebody sees you and the first thing they see is muslim like that can feel othering because you feel like no one's seeing you for yourself and you feel like they're seeing they're judging you before they know you and um when that's really what the opposite of the hijab is supposed to be the hijab is supposed to be that you you let others see your inside before you're outside yeah mm-hmm. but in the age of islamophobia that's really changed mm-hmm. and so that kind of sucks. You yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> um, an understatement. Yeah. And so, like, I didn't face a ton of bullying when I grew up. I really got lucky there. Sometimes kids would be like, Is your hair green? Are you really bald under there? Oh um, I get like unsolicited questions in like malls. Mm -hmm. um or airports always in the airport and also it it leads me to the topic of being a spokesperson for your religion so when Mm -hmm. people identify you immediately as muslim which is really unique only to hijabi wearing women or hijab wearing women um and so that's like it's really unique because men don't face this so they have no idea Mm -hmm. um so it's really all on the women of islam to kind of bear this burden, and then they're asked to really be spokesperson, of, spokespeople of their religion. So all the time in like malls or airports, you're asked questions about your faith, about the way Islam functions, about terrorism, about what do you think about ISIS? Wow. What are your opinions on ISIS? What do you think the legislation should be? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a political science major. You're twenty. <laughs> I'm twenty years old. I just, I like basically just got here. Like yeah. <laughs> My parents are immigrants not from anywhere, like, relevant to yeah. the Islamic world. Um, they're both from Tanzania. They moved to England and then the U.S. They've been here for 30 years. Like, they don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. none of us know the answers to this big, huge question. No one knows. Like, yeah. Like, not
0: even the people in the White House know.
1: Yeah. And... Also, like everyone practices their faith differently. So, if mm-hmm. you're asking me, like, be a representative for your whole entire faith that has yeah. over a billion people and more than 72 branches of it, mm-hmm. like, there's no way to explain that to someone. Yeah. When, you know, Sunniism and Shiaism are so different, mm-hmm. and they're like the closest that I can, the closest sex that I can imagine. And then, like, Sufism is so different from everything else. And there's no one that's better than the other. And mm-hmm. it's a lot to ask, like, like even, like, as an 11-year-old yeah. to be like, hey, tell me about this. And I'm like, I don't know. I just, like, I still go to t- Sunday school to <laughs> learn all that. I'll tell you in, like, 10 years when I graduate. That is a lot of pressure. Yeah. And I think you, you really made a good point with
0: that it's pressure on – Uh, Muslim women specifically Mm -hmm. and that's really unique to any other religion I can think of right off the top of my head where it's a physical marker and I think another thing that you noted is that just the ignorance with non Muslim people about how diverse it is Mm -hmm. um, like growing up white and Protestant in this country I can tell you about all of the sects of Christianity like there aren't there's like maybe I don't know know, like 10 off the top of my head (laughs) and like that I can tell you all about them because I'm familiar with them, but people haven't taken the time to even, I didn't know that there were, did you say 72? Yeah. I, that's a new fact to me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a huge thing that you're doing here is that you're, you're telling us. Like there's so much more to Islam than what we have seen in the photos, what we've seen in the Facebook posts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really important thing to for ignorant people such as myself ignorant white people to know (laughs) you kind of already hit this Mm -hmm. but my final question would be what advice do you have to children growing up muslim in the country we're in right now
1: it is so okay to not know and it is so okay to be confused and it is so okay to let your relationship with islam run whatever course it's meant to run So I think, like, be yourself in whatever way that means. So if you identify a certain way, like, like let yourself explore that. And let yourself explore the way you identify with your religion and the way you practice your religion. And it's okay to explore those things. It's okay to be confused. It's okay to want to... like take the time to understand yourself and Mm -hmm. if that means that you end up a certain way in your religion that's awesome if you decide to not want to have religion in your life anymore that's totally fine like know that your exploration within yourself is valid and justified and everyone deserves the right and the chance to explore even if the world is telling you right now that you can't that you're not allowed because Islam is bad, or you're not allowed because Islam is this one way and you need to do it this one way, or because you have to be a spokesperson for your religion, so why are you telling me you're confused that's telling me that Islam is confusing? Or, um, it's okay to also wonder, like, do I agree with all of this? Mm-hmm. Am I okay with all of this? Because everyone else around you is going to be asking you, do you agree with all of this? Is it okay? Is all of this okay? And you, I think there's a lot of pressure on Muslim kids to be like, like this is not what islam is or um yeah like we don't believe in this or something but like it's okay to question it yourself you know it's okay to want to understand why things are the way they are and and understand why people are the way they are and also understand like religion is religion and you can take it like in whatever way is the most meaningful for you but at the end of the day like You're human, and we're all humans, and we're all just trying to figure it out. And there's just like no one will ever know the right answer. That is just the way that that life is going to run its course. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay for you to not have the right answer. That is such wonderful advice. You're very smart. (laughs) Thank you, too. (laughs) So, some cool resources if you're looking to be educated or get educated um, or educate others Teaching Tolerance is a great resource for understanding. Um, how to kind of approach situations of Islamophobia. Also CARE, the Center for American Islamic Relations, it has a lot of really great, cool resources, especially on teaching kids. So
0: kids, if you're kids out there listening, if you have experienced bullying, if you think you might have been bullying someone for um, any reason and you're not sure what that even looks like, um, if you know someone who's being bullied, I encourage you to go to stopbullying.gov and click on the Kids tab. Um, It gives you information on how to treat people with respect, what you can do as a kid um, in our society, how to stand up to people who are bullying or cyberbullying, and parents who are listening, if you're looking for signs in your child to see if they are bullying or being bullied, that's another great resource stopbullying.gov. A lot of great information on this website um, for you to keep in mind, because unfortunately, we're in a world with a lot of hate and it's good to know the signs of somebody who's experiencing bullying and how to prevent your child from carrying out that bullying to someone else. Sweet. Sweet. Thanks for listening. Good night.
1: <laughs> we should end them with good night. Good night. Sweet. <laughs> Sleep tight. Don't let the flex fight. Thank you to Andy Paul, Kira Baldwin, Emma Hanley, and Barbara Marin for voicing some of the Muslims in this story.